Attention. The National Weather Service has issued a hurricane warning for the entirety of the National Hockey League. Please stay tuned for further information from the Storm Cellar. Welcome back to the Storm Cellar. I'm feeling good, but Ray is somewhere special, so Ray must be feeling ecstatic, especially <laughs> since he got to watch the game last night and in a beautiful environment. Um, yeah, it's cold and rainy in Massachusetts, Ray, but how is it where you are, sir? It is and now it's 24 degrees, sorry, 25 right now Celsius. I don't know what that is uh, in Fahrenheit, but I will like tell you in this. the 80s. <laughs> it's it's sunny and hot in the Bahamas. I thought, you know what? I'm not letting a vacation uh, stop me from being part of the storm cellar, something that is near and dear to my heart. And it's certainly not going to stop me from celebrating the hurricanes. And as I posted in a, in a tweet, uh, the hurricanes looked amazing last night, said no one in the Bahamas ever until I came along. And now we're uh, loving the hurricanes. We, so, we appreciate your sacrifice. That's right. And, uh, you know, you, I, you, you do what you do. You know, There's, uh, everyone's got a cross to bear, I hear. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this, uh, no storm cellar is complete unless we have a guest. I mean, we, you and I do a pretty good job on our own, but it's always good to have a guest. And yeah, we haven't been fired or anything. Yeah. Well, not yet. Um, <laughs> uh, joining us in the studio is another professional man who runs a fantastic podcast and it's it's colin madewell colin it's great Welcome to back. be here but i am here for your performance review um we, we have some hard things to talk about guys we got oh, some yeah. things to improve on next quarter you know oh, new goals okay. to, that we have to set but uh <laughs> i'm always anyways, ready no, if i'm good yeah, on the power play does that help no, unfortunately, we actually don't care about the power play being any good. We would prefer the penalty kill being good, um, which we're also just not doing right now. Anyways, uh, but it's great to be back in the Storm Cellar. A bit chilly, though, for everyone except Ray. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling yeah. I'm feeling I, the heat. I went on vacation and took two weeks off, and now Ray's making me look bad. I'm just oh, come just on, throw no, that's there. not a, that's not. Uh, I, that's all I was going to mention that in the review. Don't worry, that was <laughs> that was going to come up. Someone's clearly more dedicated, but I'm, I'm not going to name names. Oh, that, I, that I've always said he's like the that. professional, sir. <laughs> um, so let's hey let's let's get into it now. We know, of course, Colin's been here before, and we know his background and so forth. So instead, what we're going to do is turn things over to Colin and tell us and promote his situation. You are a professional now. You're doing this as a gig and home ice is amazing i love listening to it it living the, one, the dream it is and i'll tell i'll tell you what the, one of the best parts of it as long as we go here i love our length because we flesh everything out but what you've done is you've taken the uh, important aspects of what needed to be talked about and you shrink it down to like 15 minutes very consumable very uh and so well put together colin i really gotta tell you i'm i'm impressed with what you're doing and it's uh and it's great and so we want to hear more about it for those uh listeners who don't 
or I haven't heard about you. Um, if you guys have ever seen that episode of Futurama where the alien life forms feeds off egos and that's how it survives, that's how I feel right now. I've just uh, I won't have to eat all week. That's thank <laughs> you. I you appreciate go. it. No trouble. Um it's actually funny. So uh, technically, I am a professional. You'll never hear me admit that, but I have made money off of it, which makes me a professional. Um, but I'll never admit that. Uh, it's funny. Uh, a lot of people really like – so people who don't listen to my glorious, amazing, second-best uh, Kane's podcast, of course, Blow the Storm Cellar, uh, Home Ice Advantage, I changed its format at the beginning of the season. And it wasn't because – I had some grand scheme to. I, I wasn't in the off season trying to cook something up, um, but I got. I, I've been working on a history thing. So people who don't know me, I actually really love Kane's history. That's like my thing. I dig into things I shouldn't dig into, and whatever. But I've been working on this one Kane's project for like four months, and it consumes a lot more of my time than I would like to admit. Uh, there have definitely been like four a.m.s me reading a news and record article from 1999, which is the main newspaper in Greensboro. So I, I had no other choice but to shrink the size of my show because last season I was doing like 30 to 45 minutes, multiple different topics, and it just took too much time. And then I I found how much more people enjoy shorter episodes. And I was like, oh, it's easier to make. People enjoy it more. Yeah, this is 100% what I'm going to be doing. Um, but yeah, I, I've very much enjoyed the uh, huge asterisk professionalism that i've gotten to experience this season um the best part about it is the acknowledgement from the organization uh which has been a lot of fun and was not wholly expected um yeah i don't know it's a lot of fun if you would like to check out some independent carolina hurricanes coverage home ice advantage wherever you can find find podcasts there's a website canes home ice wherever you have internet connection um it's a good time i hear people like it i'm not going to tell you to but other people say it's good. So I'm just putting that out there. I'm a fan. I like the new, I mean, I like the old format for A, because I'm also a history person. That's what my master's is in. And it's hockey history, which was better. So that's how I initially, you know, found you. But I like the new format because like a lot of folks, I don't have a ton of time for podcasts. I'm like, I always say, I'm kind of listening to them in the car or when I'm doing something else. And your new format is perfect because I got through like, seven episodes the other day like back to back to back because i've been slacking some being on vacation um but it's great it's it's one topic it's concise it gets right to the point um you know which i I think for a lot of folks if if for i think yours is a great stepping stone so for people who who like podcasts it's excellent and then for people who maybe don't normally listen to podcasts it's a good podcast to start with because of the length and because you kind of jump on a topic and and say your piece and then hop off and then you're on to something else. Um, so I think in, in modern American culture where our attention spans are, you know, getting shorter, it's, it's great for that. Right. Um, and it's flexible. So we record once a week, which is kind of the bare minimum, I think, because a lot happens in a week, right? You know, our podcast last week with Andy and this week probably has a very different feel to it. But when you're recording every day, you know, something happens today, boom, you're talking about tonight. You know, something happens at 5 a.m., you can just put out another 10-minute episode, you know, at 7, you know, or rather at like 5 p.m., you can put out one at the end of the night going, hey, something changed you need to hear about. You know, for Ray and I, we're coordinated across multiple time zones and things like that. So sometimes we, you know, we kind of miss big events. I just want to mention again. (laughs) 
not this week because someone's in the Bahamas showing off. Anyways, <laughs> I, I Ray got to sleep in two extra hours today. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, I'm a yes. good boss. <laughs> a, a very, a very, very good boss. Yeah, it's yeah, but, much appreciated. Let yeah. me tell you, because you want to give him off for the week. Wait a minute, don't let him brainwash you, Ray. <laughs> and and not just the Canes are. I'm glad to hear the Canes are recognizing your contribution. Uh, Valley Sports, uh, I believe, I heard you say. Uh, invited you to a game and and didn't even twist your arm. It sounds like to say nice things about them because they're a mess. Well, they, they couldn't have. That was they a hundred percent could not have. After the game, I left the box so fast, and I turned to the person I was standing next to. It's like I will not shill for valleys. We need to get out of here. Like, uh, but yeah, they they did, and it was a very weird experience. Um, I'm not gonna get into the whole thing here, but there's an episode uh, of my podcast called "Valleys Is Circling the Drain" because the brand is dying. It's sad, but whatever. Um, but yeah, they invited me to a box experience. I'm not going to give up a luxury experience. I don't know about you guys, but if someone offers me free and luxury, never. I'm there. I'm 100% Clean bathrooms, there. free food? No, nah, it's good. I never said anything about clean bathrooms. You're expecting too much inside of PNC Arena. But um, <laughs> it was a good experience. I don't think I'll ever sit in a box again just because it – as someone who's been to many, many of hockey games, as you guys have, there's something about being in the crowd and being with the people and the energy you feel. All of that's gone in a segregated box. And I didn't enjoy that part, but I enjoyed the free food. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, so now, I have not, oddly enough, I have not been in a, a box seat for a hockey game. I had that experience like that in a lacrosse game in Calgary. And it is weirdly different. You're absolutely right, Colin. Like there is some, it's weirdly different. It's like you're almost, almost like you're in your own living room, but it's right. not. Yeah. Like a nice version of your living room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well, and not even because the chairs aren't as comfy either. Yeah. Like if I'm oh. on my couch, my crease is there, but this is still stadium seating, but it's, it's almost like you're watching the broadcast of the game while you're in the arena you're not a part yeah. of it you're there 100 percent. and you get you get the chance to see all of the play develop too and stuff instead of that very zoned in camera view right it, it's fantastic so good for you good for you yeah. uh, go ahead brad go ahead brad oh i was just thinking so my only experience in a in a, like that kind of a box was for the new england patriots where one of the uh... vendors we do business with Hey, I'm not a fan, but much like you, um, hey, Brad, we have two, you know, box seats in the 50 yard line, uh, you know, through EMC. Okay. You know, there's 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 a buffet in the suite. (laughs) There is a beer and wine fridge in the suite. There are bathrooms in the suite. But for for us, like the 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 panels, like the glass slides open. And so it was a nice day. So everything was open. So you you still felt like you were there, if that makes sense. Yeah. But like, I wasn't worried about like beer or things being thrown or dropped on me, and I didn't have to like fight past people. And the seats were like way nicer than what I have at home. So, sure, yeah, that's fan. That's fantastic. And Colin, one of the things, and uh, let me uh, help feed that ego again too. Um, I think, and it's just a. I want to put a finer point on it: the fact that you talk history but are still on top of the things that happen immediately. I think that's really where you've, you've captured a a really great spot because um, it just, it's like, it's like you're, you're just on everything. 
and I'm a history guy too. I love it when you, you the, with the history events and stuff and the deep dives that you do, but still have what happened yesterday. You have a chance to talk about what happened yesterday or, or this afternoon. And that is, that's a very unique niche spot that you've carved out and you do it all in like 15, 20 minutes or less. Like, that's just great. We, Brad and I, we, we like to focus on the, the Caniacs and stuff and then branch out from there. That's kind of our little niche spot. We like the fans. We want to, we want to talk about them and stuff, but you, you have a, you have a great spot running there, Colin. And I love it. I love what you're doing. To stroke your ego one last time, um, you are also, I think, a good neutral voice. I think you do a good job taking a step back quicker than the rest of us yeah. to say, let me think about this. Like, let's put this into perspective. I think, you know, that's where one of the things that you do. I mean, I think I think all of us do that in, in, in you know, as far as Kane's podcast go. But I think you are quicker. You're more adept to. Saying okay, hold on, everybody, pump the brakes for a second. Let's let's take a you know another look at this and let's get to the root of it, um, which I like. So I love it. Thing one, both of you, make sure to send me your uh, PayPal so I can pay you for this. But um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, not to get too much into my own ideology, but um, everything's history. Everything that we're, what we're doing right now is making history. So True. in my head. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that goes on I just don't talk about publicly because there's no reason to. It's not really interesting. But five years from now, there's going to be some random story about I'm not going to tell you yet because I want to cover that in five years. But um, yeah. so I, I think everything needs to be taken from that perspective. Now that last night's game is over against Buffalo, that game is history. That's stories we can tell. And that's how I view everything. The second is over. Although in a game, I'm still what is wrong with this league? I hate the officials. Buffalo are the scummiest of scum. That's not even true. But in the moment, that's how you feel. Yeah. Um, but to return the kind words, words there was, the Canes podcast community is a lot bigger than it was a few years ago and is still growing. Um, but everyone has their own thing. And I, I've written an article about this because I'm a... Uh, I don't mean to say it like, oh... I'm a contrarian, and sometimes I can take it too far. Uh, not my point. So someone wrote an article I didn't like, so I rebutted it. And I wrote about you guys, and specifically you guys focusing on Caniacs and how, especially because of social media, and especially because when fans disagree with things, uh, they don't like to look at the facts, which is fine. You know, a fan can be a fan. But sometimes you get really, really disheartened because people will blame a goalie for a loss that wasn't their fault. People will blame the head coach for the team not doing exactly what they should be, but he hasn't changed anything, and the team is basically the same, so it's not really his fault either. And ev- they, everything's so emotional that I get... I, I don't want to say, like, burnt out of the fan base, because I'm a p- part of the fan base, clearly, but, like, it becomes incredibly disheartening. And one of my favorite things to do is to turn on the Storm Cellar and listen to some Caniac tell us how they became a Caniac, how they fell in love with the game, how they found Carolina, because not everyone you talk to is in Raleigh or in the Carolinas or has any connection to Hartford whatsoever. And that's that's a really good time. It, it like it reminds me, it's like, oh yeah, no, this is this is all just fun. This is all just an experiment an experience that we all get to share. And that's yeah. I really enjoy you guys. Listen, I'm not don't be broadcasting this to anyone. Don't put this out in public, but um you guys are my favorite Kane's podcast. Okay. Oh, there you wow. Go. Much appreciated. 
except Zach. Yeah. You can tell Zach from the Sorgecast. You can tell him all day. I don't care. <laughs> but no one else. Yeah, take I'll, that, I'll, Zach. I'll, I'll, let Gran- I'll let Grandpa know. Yeah, there you go, Gramps. Um, Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that myself. Look at that gray is coming through here. Uh, so, look, um, thank you. We'll send the – we need your uh, – uh, pen, uh, PayPal account. We'll send it back. Um, let's get let's get into the week, shall we, guys? Let's 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 break yeah, this down. It was a good week. Um, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right. Uh, very very good week. Seven out of eight points. Uh, and now the boys head to the Canadian, well, to the West Coast, to Canada, to my neck of the woods. Just when I'm not there, um, I don't. No, I'm not going to blame my wife for her time selection of this. But smart. Yeah, it's a good idea. As married men, we can agree. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's right. But uh, seven of eight points this week going into the th- uh, going into the trip, and it's exactly what we needed. Although there were some issues in the middle as well. Brad, what what was your take overall on the whole? the whole week and then maybe we can break down into the sure of it um i i believe we said last week you had to get four points out of eight you wanted to get six out of eight you're probably going to drop one because that's just numerically what's going to probably happen so to get seven out of eight as bad as that islanders law or you know otl was in some aspects you can't be, you really can't be that mad. I mean, you know, to, to have to come back and tie it with, what was it? 3.3 on the clock, you know, and, and we're spoiled, right? We have, you know, Mr. Overtime, Marty Natchez on the team. We're like, Hey, we're going to overtime and you're not, you're not quite putting the W in pen, right? You're doing it in pencil though, sure. because we've yeah. just had puck luck in OT for quite a while. And so to lose that one on a bad turnover, and Jarvis, for a young man, immediately comes out as like, that's on me. You know, that was my fault. Like, good for him. I mean, you know, in some ways, like, the you know, the the dad in me is like, oh, no, kid, it's okay. You know, it happens to us all. But as a hockey fan, I'm like, yeah, that was really bad. And right. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, um, and, yeah. You know, so, right. yeah, it's but seven out of eight points. That's what you want from a cup contending team against teams you should beat i mean you know you don't have to win them all you don't have to get every point but should you get the majority of the points you should and as bad as they looked in you know a few weeks ago in the inconsistent goaltending and you know we can talk we're going to talk about goaltending the goaltending has not been good the fact is at some point they're going to regress towards where they normally are and they're going to get out of the eights and back into the nines Right. It's just a matter of time. I mean, I, you know, we'll we'll go into goaltending more in a little bit, but I'm overall very happy with the changes that were made for the week, the way that they played, the effort. Um, Perhaps my, I think that Isles game was my favorite game of the week because they didn't give up. Yeah. Right. You score, you score the game time goal with three seconds because you're just putting in the work. That's the expectation, right? That that's what we, if if I see that and you lose in overtime, I'm mad and I'm upset, and I probably you know on social media say some things that I know the next day I'm going to be like, yeah, that was not a good take. But that's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for that level of effort. 
from a team who is a cup contender, you know, at, at least by the stats. And for anybody who who wanted to bet on the season and hasn't yet, the Hurricanes um, have fallen from plus 800, I think, to plus 1,100. Um, it's a great time to put like 10 bucks on the Canes and maybe win yourself yeah. 100 bucks. I mean, the you know, if, if they start to improve, that number is going to go back down. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, 100%. Colin, well, how would you... How would you assess the the week? Seven out of eight points. Um, I would, I would judge it a nine out of ten. Um, there, I think this week really just reminded everyone that Carolina can do things. They reminded everyone that Carolina is a good hockey team, which was in question throughout the months of October, November. Um, if anything, the team just showed that they can still be consistent, which was a it was to be blunt was a worry. We we weren't sure that they could, and this week showed that they most definitely could be consistent, but also could get back to that top tier cup contending team. The only loss of the week is against the Islanders, and I I'm not mad at it. You know what? Take the point in the Metro and just you know live to fight another day. Yeah, you know but, what? You're 100 percent right there. Continue. Yeah, I, oh, well, don't yell at me, Ray. God. Oh, sorry. My bad. Man goes on vacation. Look how <laughs> very Canadian of you. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually want to expand. This week is exactly what it should have been. Uh, eight of eight points would have been cool, but you're just being greedy, especially in hockey. And I really hope that it has settled down some of the chatter we were hearing. Um, I mean, after that loss to Tampa, let's go back to that. I really hope that people are settled down and understand that it's a long season. Things are going to get bad before they get better. Things are going to look bad when they're not really bad, and it just takes time. That's uh, it's a perfect point, and you actually leading. It's like you're reading my brain because that is uh, right into the spot that I wanted to point out and throw out here as a question to you guys. I have a theory that that. Uh, eight to do drubbing the beating behind the woodshed was the exact thing that our hurricanes needed to realize it's time to get poop in a group and start playing Kane's hockey the way that we need to, that we, we expect you know what I mean? And that drubbing, you could see there was, you could almost see the attitude change on the ice the very next game. And as it continued on, there is a lot more effort. Every, I haven't really noticed anyone not skating harder to get to those loose pucks to hustle back and cover that guy that snuck away on them making smarter decisions i mean i'm seeing that whole uh way of play back the way we have expected it and seen it since rod took over sometimes those terrible losses uh, are well every loss you got to learn something from it and that might have been the biggest education that the team needed to turn the season around and i know that sounds i don't know it sounds like too much i am making too much of it but uh, I, it's there it's there and look at and look at tampa now 
Brad makes a Brad makes a good point here. He was we're chatting in between all of this. Brad, you know, Tampa stinks. It was it was Vasilevsky's <laughs> first game back. Yeah. Who who didn't think he was gonna play really well and that the team wasn't gonna rally around him, right? Yeah. Um, and then you know, and then to your point about you know, losses. You know, we all, I think those of us who watch Shorzy, you know, we find it funny and, you know, and it, it is kind of a, you know, taking a poke at hockey players, but the, you know, do you want to win? No, I hate to lose. Exactly. Rings true. I mean, professional athletes, for the most part, hate to lose. And this seems to come up every couple of years, almost probably maybe every year when the Hurricanes suffered just a brutal defeat. 2006, you know, season against the Atlanta Thrashers getting drubbed zero to nine Ugh. was a turning point. Like they took that loss personal and they should. I mean, that's, you know, you, yeah, you have to take a game like that and say, what do we do? And I agree. I think since that, since the lightning game, the biggest thing I notice is the four check has been more consistent and everything the hurricanes do is based upon the four check. If you watch last night, now Buffalo's not a great team this season. Um, they're not terrible. They're but, enigmatic, you know, is what they are. Yeah, they're 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 inconsistent. Shocker! Yeah. Like they don't have a lot of points, right? But you have to take. You know, if you watch that game last night, there were times they just couldn't get out of their own end. They put their top line out there, and they're just in their own end. And by the time they break out, shifts over got to roll to the next line. And that's what the Hurricanes do to people. Like you you pen them up in their own end, make them spend all their energy to get out of the zone. And then they basically just, they just want out of the zone, right? They're, they're basically going to give you the puck so that they can change. And then you get back to your game. That's Hurricanes hockey in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. So now that we've kind of covered the bases you know with the broad strokes let's get to the finer points and brad i know you were the one that put this up as a topic of a discussion before the show and so i want you to to lead the way uh on this one now what um it's a t- it's a tough topic to talk about kind of well, it, I mean, it is. Based I'm, I'm on, shaking my head like, no, I know, not for me. It, it, well, no, it's not um, for you, but it is kind of it is kind of weird because it's um, polarizing to say the it, least. It is, right? And, and that is that is the third defensive pair. Yep. For the first, like, what, six weeks of the season, it was, you know, D'Angelo and Orlov. And should it be them? Should it be Chatfield? What's going on? Orlov looks like a different player paired with Chatfield. Regardless of all the things that Chatfield is doing, hello, Jalen Chatfield with six points on the year, which is one less than Tony with one more goal, right? So aside from the fact that Chatfield's pulling his weight on his own, do either of you think Orlov looked like a seven-plus million-dollar guy paired with with D'Angelo at all? I I don't. I mean... No, but I don't... He is overpaid, so I don't think that's fair, but no. <laughs> right, but in the last two games, we have seen Orlov do what I expected him to do, um, and maybe Colin can call me out if he feels appropriate. I've said a few times on social media, Orlov is not like a power play specialist, and I and people, I'll get messages, and people are like, what are you talking about? He was on the power play in Washington. He was on the power play in Boston, and he was, 
but most of but his points come five on five, right? Yeah. He's he's on, just because you're on the power play doesn't mean that's where you're putting up points. And Orlov's one of those guys. Like, can he quarterback a, a, a power play? Yeah. But if you look at his historically, his his stats, they come five on five. And when I say, you know, he's not a power play guy, that's what I mean. It's not that he can't do it. I mean, these guys are professionals. They all can do it to some level. But in the last two games, we've seen Orlov get the puck in the defensive zone, transition, move down the ice, and just take two heck of a shots. I think both of them ring off the pipe. Like yeah. those those could easily have been goals. And that's what when I see Orlov as a as a defenseman, I see a guy who can move the puck, who can make a first pass out of the defensive zone. That's the guy I'm looking for for that kind of money. And he looks so comfortable with Chatfield out there. And Chatfield has the defensive presence and the wheels to cover up mistakes because Orlov is still settling in. I mean, it's it's not an easy system. We've seen a little regression from Burns, I think, this year. I don't think he's playing as well as he has. So now I feel like you can put in D'Angelo with with uh, with Slavin if you need to give Burns a night off, right? If if we get to a point here, you know, like we have Wednesday, Thursday, Oilers, Flames. So maybe if Burns plays Wednesday, maybe put in D'Angelo with uh, with Slavin on against Calgary on Thursday. Give Bernsey the night off. Let him rest up a little bit, you know, and then you keep going because we have one, two. I think we have two back to backs this month, three, three back to backs this month. So instead of wearing Bernsey out, now you can put D'Angelo in because we know Slavin can cover for him if that works. And then if you really want him on the power play, fine. It's I once again, the issue with the power play is not the quarterback. It's the half ball and down low when they get down low and they move the puck, they score. So I don't care about D'Angelo being a quote-unquote power play specialist. But now I think you can use D'Angelo in place of Burns to get Burns some rest and let Burns just... Burns is, you know, he's 10 years younger than me, but for hockey, he is a very old man. So in my mind, the the third-pairing conversation should basically be over at this point unless something drastic changes, um, which is not where we were two weeks ago. Colin, is uh, is the discussion about the third pairing over? Not only is the discussion about the third pairing over, and I think that's been made clear by Tony's time in the press box at this point, but Tony's done in Carolina, uh, excluding an injury or whatever. And I don't say that to be flippant, and I don't say that because I personally don't like the guy or whatever. I say that because he's on the trading block. We know this to be true. We know that Carolina is shopping him around. So why are we all pretending that that's not happening? That's the weirdest part of this whole thing to me, is that we know that D'Angelo's on the block. We know it to be true. It was confirmed by Elliot Friedman. Why are we pretending? It's, I, it's, this I, I missed that, so I wasn't Tony. pretending. I just didn't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, Tony's been breaking, on the block for like three Breaking weeks. news. Not even. This is... <laughs> Oh my god! Like Corey Perry was talking about this news in the locker room. That's how old it is. Oh my! Um, that was a reference to make. I apologize. It's story. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, there was this really goes back to, and I I've talked about it before in different places. But the idea that they signed Orlov and then circled back to Tony was a mistake. It just was. If they had signed Tony and then didn't get Orlov and they kept. Six million dollars in the system, 
to play with on the salary cap. Cool, whatever. If things didn't work out, we could talk about it then. We'll never know what would have happened. But the idea that they went out, paid a premium for Orlov services, and then circled back to Tony was malpractice. And, you know, I don't, I think Don Riddell and the front office do a good job. They've done great things in a turnaround in, um, in Raleigh. But that was malpractice on their part. And I have nothing, I don't agree with Tony on everything, but I'll say this uh, the way he interacts with fans and kids at practices and around games, bar none. He's a class act to fans. I'll give him that. But his time in Raleigh is over. It wasn't working out. I'm sorry. You can say that, oh, my God, the power play was so good with him on it. But it really wasn't. I mean, it was fine. Like, don't it, – it, it was NHL average. But we're NHL average without him. So what's the point? Yeah. And you didn't pay Orloff $7 million to struggle for two seasons. You're not letting Jalen Chaffield walk because you need his defensive talent, which Tony doesn't have. Tony has never had defensive, I, I mean, credentials. I'm just going to say it. He's never had defensive credentials, and it looks like he's taken a step back after his year in Philly. He's a liability, and that's not a personal attack. It's not because of his political beliefs or any of that. I realize that certain people would hear this and instantly jump on that. It has nothing to do with that. It's, he is not worth putting on the ice and just being off in Chatfield who by the numbers are a better pairing and they need the time to work together and get chemistry. It Tony's done here. Um, yeah. I, I think it's interesting if there was a game where Rod felt comfortable enough to put um, D'Angelo in in place of Burns if he needed that rest night. I don't think that would be a terrible idea. But you're not paying a guy 1.4 a year to sit in the press box in case Burnsy wants a night off. So, and and the and this is this is how you know that uh, it's over for Tony. And I again, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. As a person, he's he's a good guy. No one wants Tony. He's been on the train block for a while. There has been no rumors. There's been no teams connected to him. No one wants Tony. We're not going to buy him out because what's the point? We might as well just let it ride for the season. But it it really looks like it's over for him. And, you know, you hate to see that for any guy who's dedicated his life to it. But it is what it is. Yeah, you have a you have a good point. Uh, and and for me, uh, the whole the whole third pairing situation started and ended with my one single question. Why did we sign him? Why did we sign him at all? There was no need. There was no need for it. Uh, we were already deep defensively, and you're you're right. Uh, we how long has Brad said it? Like since forever. Brad calls him TA because he has no D. That's that is <laughs> trademark, just trademark what, copyright. Yeah, indeed, absolutely, and it's. <laughs> And again, this has nothing to do with his personal belief system or whatever. I could, and I said it last week, I could give a rat's hiney about it. I don't care. None of that matters. He is a, he is just a defensive liability through and through. And we have to have everyone on point. Hurricanes hockey comes from the defense forward. That's really what this all comes down to. The amount of times that the team uh, pinches 
and causes more havoc, causes chaos in the offensive zone because of that extra player who's there that keeps the four check going. That's what it's all about. But you got to be able to take care of your own end to do it. And and he is incapable, incapable of doing it. I don't know how much work he would need, but it's just, it, it's, it's an end. Like, go ahead, Brad, because, uh, you know. I, yeah, I, I mean, he, he was making, what, $5 million with the Flyers last year getting benched? Yeah. I mean, that's, no, it's Tortorella, so you have to kind of, you know, there's that aspect, right? Um, but I have a question for the two of you. You bring in Orlov, right? Seven million bucks. He is starting to turn the corner. I think he's going to be fine if he keeps improving. You could have had Ghostus Bear for cheaper, who is tearing it up in Detroit. Would you have paid Ghost over Orlov? Would you, you know? It, assuming Ghost would have been at least a little cheaper, because I forgot what he signed for. I can look it up. I think he signed for what? Four or five million bucks, something like that. Yeah. Would you rather bank that two and keep Ghost Bear on Ghost? Though I'm looking it up right now, sir. Like uh, I'll say this: uh, immediately, I think of I think I would have said Orlov instead of Ghost Despair, in but only because uh, Ghost Ghost Despair was great. But I only I saw so little of him, and I knew more of Orlov and what he was capable of, and so it's the easy way out instead of taking a chance. Ghost Despair probably in the end is the better selection money wise, all things considered. But I kind of defaulted to Orlov, and that would have been my <laughs> my where I sit. Do, do we make you cry? Oh boy, Ghost Bear sure. got a one year. million deal, 4 million, not, not seven plus four for one year. He has 18 points. The wings are on fire. Let's, uh, let's, let's point that out. Detroit's turning into a wagon. So let's not, let's not discount that. Are they, are they better than Carolina? No, no, but I think that's more because our institutional memory within the team right now. Um, If Detroit had been, I would be worried of a, a repeat of 2002, but I'm not. Um, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I didn't see much like uh, Ray was saying. I didn't see as much with uh, Ghost when he was here. I would be interested to see what could have happened if he had the full season. And I actually want to circle back to a uh, what Brad was saying about how it looks like Orloff is finally settling in. He's getting used to the system. and He's turning a corner. He's doing all that because he was given consistent time with one line mate and able to build chemistry. That was part of the problem with them switching out Chatfield and Orlov and D'Angelo and Orlov and Orlov and whoever. How did you expect someone to understand the system and get to their game when their line mates changing every game, every shift even like it, whatever. Um, I don't know. I think we're going to have a kind of not a ton of money. I, I don't I haven't looked at the projections in a bit, but especially now that Freddie had to go on uh, LTIR, we're still going to have like six mil to play with uh, somewhere near there. Don't quote me on that, but somewhere near there um, by the trade deadline. I'm fine with that. You can get a lot of really quality talent for six million dollars a year um, if it's going to be a rental. 
So I don't, I don't know if I care about the extra money on Ghost, but I would have liked to see him get a full season and actually get to learn the system and actually get to spend time with Chatfield. You know, just to to slightly echo and accentuate what you said there, Colin, there was the it was Rod's effort to make and force a square peg into a round hole. You know what I mean? Like we had a, the situation. He wanted it to work very like so badly. Right. And it just sometimes there's just no fit. You know what I mean? And I'm, that's not me cracking on Rod. He knows better than I do in everything hockey. Uh, twice no, terrible over. coached. I'm going to be fired. But, but, um... Yeah, well, yeah, listening to some folks, right? But it's, it's um, yeah, it, it just once he... Uh, once he settled in with okay let's let's finally do this chatfield and a lot of this is on chatfield chatfield had been in the press box for too long he knew he was getting one chance like one chance and he did not miss out on it he made and took full advantage the very first game to at least get the second game the thing with chats is is he brings it every time he's on the ice so once that flip was over, Chatfield just made it impossible to go back. And thank you. Thank you, Jalen. We love you. I mean, Jalen's a stud in basically every way you can consider it. And this is, I'm going to criticize Brad here. Mr. Brindamore, uh, while he is probably the best coach this franchise has ever had, Bar none, period. I'm not not even an argument. Don't argue with me about it. He cares about his guys, his locker room, the guys sitting in those stalls so much. He never wants to do wrong by them. He never wants to hurt them. He wants to make sure that everyone gets their opportunity, their shot. Yeah. And in this case, it hurt the team for a little bit. And that's fine. It was October. I don't care. But that's what happened there, is Rod wasn't willing to just write Tony off for the season yet. I mean, he was, uh, rumors said it wasn't conformed at the time, but rumors said that he was being shopped when he was still in the lineup. And then no one had interest. He was taken out of the lineup. And now he just gets to hang up, hang on, press row. But Jalen Chatfield's a stud. And I feel like everyone has said Jalen Chatfield's a stud since maybe the COVID season, the first time he came up from Chicago. And everyone's just like, oh my God, that kid can play. That's an NHL player right there. And it, yep. it was a travesty to see him in the press box as long as he was. God, I couldn't agree more, Colin. I couldn't agree more. Um, we've, I think we've put that one to bed. Uh, Brad, let's, uh, let's talk about Captain America. You like Captain Jackie America? Boyle. Oh my gosh. Man. Jack, Jackie Boyo is starting. We're starting to see the jury that we were seeing at the AHL level, like the the one that I saw, like in the Calder Cup Finals. The one who, you know, I, I I don't know that I feel like like I think he's been you know snake bitten more than I realized. Maybe is the way to put it. Sure. Where. I think back a couple of weeks ago where he's wide open. He's just too far forward in front of the net, you know, and he misses that wide open net. And you're just like, dude, like what the heck? Right. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know, he's had a lot of things that were just near misses, just 
repeatedly. And I think things are starting to maybe turn the corner for him, which is great. Um, and, and not just him, but the fourth line in general, I'm going to throw Brendan Lemieux in there as well. You know, Lemieux comes in, he plays two games against former teams. He has two goals, yeah. which is which is more than Orlov. It's more than Pesci. It's more than D'Angelo, Svechnikov. It's, it's, it's two more than Martin Hook. No offense, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. But the fourth line in general, and I'm even going to throw the third D pair in this, they have been driving play. Wow. How many times in the last couple games have we looked up and been like, oh, like, you know, Chadfield Orlov are back on the ice. Like, did not expect to see them this quickly. Or the fourth line. How quickly, you know, oh, wow, the fourth line is Drury's back on the ice again, right? When, you know, those minutes are starting to, you know, coalesce a little bit. Like, there's not as much separation. And and those line, and that line is clicking. I mean, I think, if anything, that fourth line is, is really driving play really well, especially the forecheck as well as any other line. I mean, our, our third line still is that shutdown line, but they're not really scoring goals. And the fourth line is now like, hey, you know, Rod doesn't name his lines, right? He doesn't, you know, Rod does says, I don't number my lines. That fourth line is kind of your third line right now because they are playing solid defensive hockey. They're forechecking and they're putting up points the last few games. So um, I just wanted to give a shout out to the fourth line, uh, particularly Drury, who seems to be, you know, maybe starting to come into his own a little bit um, and, and the player that he was, like I said, like at the AHL level in Chicago, because he, you know, he had a phenomenal season that year. And I would love to see him replicate that success. Is he going to be a second line center in this league? No, I don't think so. But can he make a, a very solid career being a three, four line guy and, you know, putting up some goals and sticking up for his teammates? He was way out of his weight class last night. Yeah. But that that hit was it, it was unnecessary. It's the end of the game. You're down by what four goals. And Drury's like, no, like that's not okay. And even though he got shellacked, I mean, I'm glad he didn't really get hurt. Uh good for him for sticking up for his teammate. Colin, what do you think? Uh first, I'm going to tell Brenda Moore that you call them the third and fourth line. You mean the stall line and the Drury line. I'm gonna need you to correct that at some point. Uh, and quickly, I'll, I'll just really quick on last night's fight. I enjoyed that he did that. Um, was it risky? Could something have happened? Could he have broken his hand? Could he have fallen to the ice and gotten a concussion? Sure, all of that could have happened. Um, but people who are upset that he got in the fight because what if he got injured? Like, be an adult. Uh, do you not watch hockey on any given play? There can be some terrible accident that causes their player or their season or their career. So let's not pretend like that was some absurd thing that happened. I enjoy he did it. But I actually want to – I think you're right that the fourth line uh, – he got me. Anyways, that the Drury yeah. line is um, <laughs> is doing things. And and Drury, I don't know if he found the snake that uh, bit him and decapitated or something to relieve the course. But he's – the magic's back. The mojo's there. He He's jiving. Like, I, I, I'm liking it. But I think there was a misconception about the stall in the Drury line. And even prior to it being the Drury line. The stall line is used uh, for basically one thing and one thing only, and that's to shut down the best line on the other team. That's what they do. That is that line's job. That is why Fost, Marnuk, and Stahl get paid. And they are incredibly good at it when you look at the advanced analytics. They're, they're, whew, I would if, if it was Jacob Slavin, Brent Burns, and the stall line, I don't care who's on the ice. No goals are scored. It's not going to happen. Um, but... 
Rod plays them situationally. So like last night, I, I don't remember the exact minutes, but I'm pretty sure the jury line had more time on ice than the stall line. And that happens. And this is why, like, I know we all like to make jokes about it. Rod doesn't number his lines. Ha 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 ha. He doesn't like to disparage players. That's not what it is. It's because it's situational. So what could be the third line last night is going to be the fourth line tomorrow night. And then it might get bumped up to the second line a few nights from now. That's why he doesn't number his lines. It's all about the situation, which player is going to do best, what player could use the extra, I don't want to call it gift, but like confidence boost of getting the extra few shifts at the end of the game, getting that respect from your coach. And I think uh, if Drury can keep it, because what, now he has three goals in five games or something like that? If, if Drury can keep this going... I'm, uh, no, he won't be a second-line center. But he will forever cement himself as an NHL player and never have to worry about going down to the American again. Not that there's a problem with the American, but you know, guys want to play in the National. They didn't. Their dream was not to go win a Calder Cup. It was doing the Stanley Cup. Uh, I I love it. I'll, I'll I'll make this quick. I have two two points to say about this. Number one, Natchez looks good with Nason and Drury. And I'm wondering if that's not something that could just continue on. That's my first thing. Maybe that's controversial, but whatever. Nason, Nature. thank you for picking up that draw pass. Oh, nice. No kidding, right? <laughs> I, 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 t- I texted Ray during the game, and I'm like, that was a perfect drop pass. Of course, when you do a, a thousand of those to no one perfectly, then when somebody's there, it, it looks really good. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. It sure does. So that's the first and- thing. The second thing, and sorry, Colin, I'll I'll just finish no, this fine. up real quick. I th- this Drury's line, the importance of having him and that line working so well, the benefits are cumulative, not just in the game, but throughout the entire season. The more time you can spread out evenly on the lines throughout each game means everyone's fresher longer the way you go into you know what i mean like more time on the ice leads to more chances for injury more and it can wear you down mentally physically if you can roll your four lines out equally man that's that's nothing but good not only in every game but beyond and we'll really see the benefits of that in the playoffs, Colin, you were going to jump in and I cut you off and I'm sorry. I was just going to compliment Nason on, on actually putting air underneath the puck. Cause if he had just hit it, it would have been a pad save and whatever, but he actually elevated it and got into the net, which, you know, nice job. That entire, the entire Drury line has won Calder cups with this organization, putting that out there. But I don't, I, I normally think about my takes before I say them. I normally make sure there's facts and figures behind them before I say something. Cause I don't want to be wrong. I've not thought about this take, so uh, grain of salt. But it's. I wonder if the entire reason for putting Natchez with Drury was to give Drury an easier time at creating the place. Because Natchez is a natural center. That's what he was before he came to this league. No one denies that he can make plays. And with Nason's fret... I was about to say front nut presence. Anyways, net front presence. <laughs> um, I think that line could do a ton of damage against teams' fourth lines 
that respectfully don't belong in the national. Don't mean that as an insult. It's just teams that if your team isn't good, your fourth line is AHL quality. We used to be that way, like not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, so no disrespect, but with the ability of Nason, Drury, and now Natchez on that line, you can really make teams hurt. And I think that's what we've seen the past couple of games with Nason down with uh, Natchez down there. A hundred percent. I'm I'm loving it. We're gonna we're gonna move on and address the elephant in the room. Uh, despite the great things that are happening, there's one thing that lingers with the Hurricanes and has for quite some time. It's the goaltending situation. Uh, Brad, the three-headed monster. I've always looked at that as it's just an embarrassment of riches to have goaltenders steady uh, like Fred Anderson, I mean, Father Finn, Auntie Ranta, Pyotr Kochetkov. I love all of them. They're fantastic. I, I, I love the way they play. I'm a fan. But sometimes they throw out those stinkers. And, you, and it makes people wonder if we need to try to bring a different goaltender in or whatever. There's all of those suggestions that are out there. And I wanted to get your guys's take here on this. Um, I'm of the belief that we are not going to be able to find a goaltender we're not going to get help from any other team to deal a goaltender that we think will be the, you know, magic solution. I think we have the goaltenders that can get the job done, but we also need to let people know there's an understanding. Um, in both of the bad games where goaltenders were criticized, Ranta, who suffered the joy quote unquote, of becoming a record holder in the league with the absolute worst save percentage over 60 minutes in one game. We also had Kochekov, who gave up uh, two goals on three shots against the Islanders in the end that led to a loss. And a lot of people were on him because those two second period goals were soft. There is no question. I'm not disputing that. Here's the thing. In both of those games where the goaltending looked horrendous, the one thing that was common is they had under 15 shots in the game total. Goaltenders, as quirky and crazy as they are, they love getting shot at. They love having 100-mile-an-hour shots of vulcanized rubber smashing them in the face the head the arms everywhere they love that and they want more of it because the more shots they get the more keyed in they are and when you give up just 14 opportunities for instance one shot from center ice a goaltender will get cold a goaltender kind of gets out of the game. And 
the thing that the hurricanes have been doing is when we give up so very few shots, the shots that they're giving up are triple a, Oh my gosh, near, you know what I mean? And you can't lay that at the feet of the goaltenders all the time. You know what I mean? You've got to limit those opportunities, those grade triple A chances. You have to limit as a defense, as your forwards. Everyone has to buy in on that and protect the goaltender. I'm not willing to put Ranta and Kochetkov on the block for giving up goals on triple A opportunities because that happens to every goaltender in the league. There's no one that's going to be able to solve that problem. Don't give up, give up hundreds of shots. I don't care. Keep them all D percent opportunities. You limit the greatest chances in front of the net. You're not going to have any trouble because these guys are professionals. Okay. Sorry. Rant over. I'm sorry, but it's just, that's my, that's my take. The goaltending it's concerning, but really when you look at the whole thing, we're okay and no one needs to panic and we're not going to get any help anyway. So this is what we got to ride with. Okay. Now I'm done. I would co-sign all of that, but I would like to take the rant baton and carry it a little bit farther for you. Sure. Um, One that I, there were totally people out there and you know, maybe this is just war online too much. There were totally people out there that are like, well, yeah, it, it, it's clear that Kuchekov's a bust. What are you talking about? If that is your take, I'm I'm done with your opinions. I'm not going to say that you should stop talking, but you should definitely go like look into research, see how goaltenders actually develop, see how stuff like this works. Because it is insane to think that Kuchekov should not be a member of this organization for a very long time. And then... All respect to Father Finn, no one's going to take him on a one-year deal for any type of value that we would get back. And I don't like, and you're not going to be able to get an upgrade on him. But the real problem is, ah, hold on. Okay, so going back to Ranta having the lowest save percentage in the history of our league, um, those early goals in that game were not his fault. It was terrible coverage by the people in front of him. And you cannot blame a goalie and they go all the way to the left side in position, doing everything they can to try to stop a shot. And their defensive coverage has totally lapsed the guy who is now at the other far board who gets a pass and has a wide open net. There was nothing a great goalie could do with that. It does not happen. Maybe they make some diving thing with glove block or see what happens, but that is the unlikely thing. You're expecting a miracle, and that's not fair. And then it's just confidence from there. Well, he let those... I don't remember how many he let in that weren't his fault, but I think it was like the first two or three weren't his fault at all. It was just terrible coverage in front of him. And now, I mean, goaltenders are... I mean, we've all heard the stories. Very superstitious, very weird, strange guys. It's a confidence thing. He just allowed three goals. His game's probably over. And now it's so much easier to get the puck past him because his, his mind's not in the game. And I would say a very similar thing happened with Coach Chekhov. And uh, they both let in soft goals in their terrible performances. But it wasn't... The story of the night was not Auntie Ranta failed the Hurricanes. Piotr Kochekov failed Carolina. That wasn't what it was. 
It was Carolina played poorly, got down quickly, and then the goalies weren't able to save the day. Uh, okay. But the real thing is, and I think this plays into both nights, I think it was easier for Carolina to re-sign both Anderson and Ronta. I didn't think they would. That was a surprise to me when the season got underway, that they kept all three. I mean, we were always going to keep Kochekov, but that they brought back Auntie and uh, Frederick. And I honestly think that was a huge disservice to Kochekov. At this point, Kochekov has nothing left to prove in the American. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I guess a goalie fight, he's still looking for that, but he's done everything else. He's dominated that league. He's won the Calder. He has the goalie goal. Like, what else does he need to do down there? At this point, what he needs to do is get NHL game action. He needs that experience. Why, why are we playing around with that? And when they brought Freddie back and Ronta back, they basically told Peter, we're fine delaying your development, which I would disagree with. But then again, I'm not paid to judge those sort of things. So whatever. Um, and then Freddie went down. And, you know, blood clots are a very scary thing. Those were incredibly serious. And I wouldn't... That's not true. My worst enemy should definitely have them. But everyone else, absolutely not. Um, but Freddie Anderson... And we talk about Auntie Ranta and Freddie Anderson being made of tissue paper. And by we, I mean other people. Because I would never. Because... When you actually look at it, Auntie's been fine in Carolina. He's had he's he'll miss a game here or a game there, but he's not gone for long stretches. He's never been absent when we absolutely needed someone. Ever. He's always been one game, two games, I'm back. Hey guys, I'm so sorry. I'm back. While Frederick Anderson has missed gigantic portions of the season. Gigantic, massive amounts. He we have needed him in the playoffs more than once now, and he hasn't been ready. He hasn't been there. And I'm not, you know, that's not on the player per se, but that's the reality of the situation. So he probably shouldn't have brought Freddie back, but whatever. I don't work in the general manager's office, and I'm pretty sure if I went in there and said that to Don, he would laugh at me and ask me to leave. But because they did that, because they brought back all three, it hurt Kuchekov's development. Okay. You've given up a year. That sucks for Kuchekov, but whatever. Now, Anderson's hurt, which is a very expected thing to have happened. Everyone should have seen this coming. Don't mean that in a bad way. It's the reality of the situation. And I don't... I understand why. It's because the team was playing poorly in front of them. You cannot overplay Auntie Ranta. Auntie Ranta can win against any team on any given night no problem, as long as he's rested. He's an old dude. He's Father Finn. He's not young bro Finn. You know what I mean? He's, he's yeah. been around the block. And they kept putting them in back-to-back games. One of them would get pulled. Now they both played, and neither of them fresh for the next game. And that's... I, I, I don't want to put it all on that, but Auntie Ranta didn't get a real break. Because Anderson was out, he wasn't playing well, and Rod didn't want to keep sacrificing Kochekov's own mental status for Ranta's. But it, because he was unwilling to do that, again, this goes back to Rod doesn't want to do anything that he could see as a negative against his players. 
because he did that, he affected both of them. And, you know, now we have to wait for those confidences to come back. We have to wait for, I think, Ronald's had enough time now that um, he should be fine, honestly. And Kochekov's performance last night should hopefully mean that he's fine. But all of this was avoidable. I, I don't, I've, I'm bagging on the team a lot. I promise you I don't do this all the time for people who don't listen to my show. But um, in Winnipeg, I'm, I think they both should be back to what we expect. And I think everyone who overreacted just needs to remember it's so early. It's, no one's winning the Stanley Cup in October. No one's winning the Vesna in October. No one's winning the Jennings in October. None of that's a thing yet. None of it matters. I mean, most of that stuff doesn't matter anyways, excluding the cup. Nothing else matters. And as long as you can recover from this, which I 100% think they can, I think Kochekov will get his confidence back because that's who he is. He's just a young kid who likes winning, and he wants to play in the best league in the world, and he's here. And he's good enough to be our star goalie in a couple years. And Father Finn, again, on any given night, can shut out a team, any team in this league. I do not care who you name. He has proven he has that ability as long as he can get rested. And now he is. So I expect from Winnipeg forward, goaltending not to be the conversation at all. Brad? Yeah, um, overall, I think I concur with everybody. It's <clears throat> this year, you know, Ronta's got an 854 save percentage, uh, Kuchetkov 881, Anderson had an 894. Historically, since they've been Canes, uh, Ronta 904, Kuchetkov 902, Anderson 914. So, you know, we're not talking, you know, a whole point degradation or anything. You know what I mean? I mean, is it as good? No, it's not as good. The goals against for Kachekov is 283, which isn't great, but it's less than three, and your offense should put up three goals a game. You know, Ronta Ronta's at 347 because he got absolutely smoked a couple of games. And I don't care. If you lose eight to two or ten to two or three to two, it's still just a loss. So, you know, to Colin's point. Auntie Ranta, his, his, in his career with the Hurricanes, he has 61 starts and 40 wins. He wins two-thirds of the games. He has a 660, you know, seven win percentage as your goalie. Who would I've asked multiple times. I've asked on hockey boards that you know Ray and I are a part of. I've asked on Twitter, and, I, and I've gotten some okay responses to who do you bring in? If 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 goaltending's a problem, who do you bring in? Because most of the better goaltenders are on contenders, and they're not going to let them go. And most of the people I would want are in the East, and they're certainly not going to give the Hurricanes a good goaltender for pretty much any reason, right? So then, you know, there are some folks that are out there. Gibson's been thrown around. Uh, There's another one in Arizona, uh, Blackwood from San Jose. Those guys are better on paper in front of not great teams but if you look at them historically, historically they're not any better than Kachekov and and Ranta. You know, and people like to talk about like the regression to the mean is the new the new, I don't know, what buzzword I feel like around hockey the last year or two, uh, especially folks who follow, you know, accounts like Kane Stats brand that kind of thing. Like, oh, regression. Well, yeah, these guys are in, are going to regress to the mean, which means they're going to play better. Right? You you can't 
have the whole team stink and not be forechecking and not be good defensively and then say your goaltender's got an you know an 894 save percentage or whatever he's terrible and, you know or an 854 the blame. and they're yeah. the reason <laughs> like go back and look at some i mean the goal that sticks out of my mind and i'm i promise i'm not meaning to pick on ta here but earlier in the year T.A. and Orlov, they let a pass go right by both of them to Sidney Crosby on the back door, oh and it's gosh. a tap-in. It's Sidney Crosby. Like, that one sticks out in my mind because of how egregious it was, but that's happened a bunch of times. Earlier in the year, Ray and I were texting back and forth, like, close the back door. Like, I, I feel like 10 times a game, Ray. Like, repeatedly, close the back door. Close, like, your goalie can't cover the whole thing unless you get a guy who's like, Andre the Giant, who's like seven foot four and like six hundred pounds, and then maybe he can cover the whole net. But and he I'm, has to be Gumby too, right? And, and he has to be able to skate, right? Like, like he has to be flexible. Like he can't, you know. Ugh. I mean, so I think goaltending is going to work itself out. I'm not overly concerned. If they want to bring in another goaltender, I would be okay with that. I just don't know legitimately. I just don't know who you're going to pick up who is a substantial improvement over who you have because we know that team chemistry with this team is a big deal. Like we've seen it with our own eyes over the last six or eight weeks. Right. So my bigger concern with goaltending is Frederick Anderson, right? He's got some kind of a clotting issue. Scary. I don't know. I mean, in my mind, I've basically written off Anderson for the year. I'm, I'm to. not assuming he's coming back because clotting issues is no joke. No, and that could be a lack of clotting, in which case, you know, we've already had one incident with a player this year. Now that was the worst of the worst, but you can't have a guy out there who might get, you know, cut up or anything who can't clot, or worse, you know, clotting leads to you know embolisms and those things. You can't you can't put that guy on the ice, right? No, and and the thing with clots is like the solution to clots is to put him on something like Eliquis, which is a blood thinner, or Coumadin, or, or one of those. So now, you know, the, I, I once did a, a drug study for, for a drug company on Coumadin. You know what the antidote is for being on Coumadin? Like, they, they basically sent us home with instructions. Basically, like, if you're in, like, a car wreck or, like, you get seriously injured, uh, the antidote to what you're on is uh, blood plasma. Like, there's no try oh, and stop the bleeding. It's like, no, no, you need to go to the hospital and have a plasma infusion to make sure you don't bleed out, right? So I've written off Anderson for the year. If he comes back, that's wonderful. Hopefully we get the Anderson that we have always hoped we would get and can run in the playoffs who can lead this team to a championship. But I'm not sure he's coming back. It's, you know, it, it to me, it's, it's not that dissimilar from something like a cancer diagnosis in terms of severity, right? It's, yeah. it's blood clots. You don't, you just don't mess around with something like that. So Look, if, if the Hurricanes can make a trade and make an upgraded goalie, great. Um, I'd love to hear from folks. Um, you know, maybe I'll put up a poll or maybe I'll ask them as part of the podcast release. Uh, who? And what are you going to give for him? Because as Colin has stated, you know, some people will be like, you know, it's it's the fan mentality, right? We can trade our garbage for your great thing. You know, TA might be trade bait, but nobody picked him off off waivers. And then the Hurricanes didn't give him league minimum. They gave him a contract that was like double league minimum, which I always find strange because nobody else was going to sign him. And and I know some of that's like respect for the player, right? You were making five, and now we're not going to cut you to 800000 But 
maybe I'm just a, a terrible person. Maybe this is why I'm not a GM. I'd be like, look, nobody wants you but me. I'll give you the league minimum and you can well, take it or you can go work in McDonald's. He's from Philly too. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's, it's right, not like he right. went down to zero. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, as far as go- – I think the goaltending will be fine. I think eventually these guys are going to settle in. They're going to play their game. Uh, in the past, I thought that trio – could win us a cup. I still think that trio can win us a cup. I just don't know if we're going to see Anderson again. But, you know, if if Don can make a trade for an upgraded goalie, fantastic. I just don't know who's available and what we're going to offer unless we take on, you know, some big contract. I mean, I'd love to have somebody like Ms. Lurk and uh, uh, Elvis yeah. from Columbus because they're kind of already out of it. But he's got like four or five more years left. Like if you know, if you're buying into something like that, you have to be committed long term. And he could be a guy, but then you have to say, okay, well, does that mean we don't have faith in Kochekov to be the number one? That's, you know, it's is clear he? That it, they see Kochekov as the next guy currently. Right, I think so too. So that means you're looking for a guy who's on a one or two year deal tops. I just don't. I, I just wanna, don't know who that person is. I'm going to counterpoint this. It's that. In no way should you waste any time, energy, resources on obtaining another goalie. Listen, I'm a goalie apologist because while it is the most important position on the ice, it's also the hardest position on the ice. Because if your team in front of you does not do your job, your job goes from, well... This is like people. I can watch this game to the hardest thing any human being has ever done in the history of ever. And you can I don't I don't mean to keep bagging on the team, but it's clear they haven't been consistent. It's clear they haven't played Hurricanes hockey. I mean that's basically what Rod has said after every game, even some of the ones they've won. He's been like, that's not how we play. I don't care that we won. That's not what they're supposed to do. And when they play Hurricanes hockey, when they do what they're supposed to do, when they actually cover the zone rather than a single man, um, they win games. And they win games with non-quality goaltenders. I do not mean this as an insult when I say it. Peter Mrazek in no way should have brought us to an Eastern Conference Finals. He is not that good. I apologize. I don't mean that bad to Peter. He will always hold a special place in my heart. But... He's a, not a good goaltender. He just isn't. Alex Lyon, Alex Nedeljkovich. By the way, a lot of Alexes there. Like they are all. Well, Lyon's now popping off this season. Um, but Nedeljkovic has never grown into what we thought he would be, and he looked a lot better on Carolina because they played their game. Hell, we won a game with the Zamboni driver in the net because we played Hurricanes hockey. If yeah. your immediate thought is, oh my god, the goalie let in a soft goal. We have to name someone, because again, you can't, but name someone. I don't think you understand how much in, how important it is that this is a team game. That it ha- people have to be blocking shots. You have to be using your stick smart. You have to do everything you can to limit grade A's and only give them shots from the blue line. You can take shots from the blue line all night long. I'm indifferent. Anything near the crease, between the dots, don't want it. And if you think that trading a goalie, trading for a better goalie would fix our season, I really wish I could be that naive. I wish I still could. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. Um, 
Okay. I We have covered that thoroughly. I love the discussion because we brought up a lot of great points. And uh, that's what we're all about here. Now we get to look ahead. The West Coast trip that sadly I will not be a part of. This first time in, I can't even remember when, where I haven't been in attendance in that dump of a rink, the Saddle Dome, to uh, North Custer. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's 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 ridiculous. It's terrible. They need, that's why they're working so hard to get a new barn. Uh, so uh, the Canes... Coming to Canada, the West Coast. I won't be, I'll be watching, but I won't be there in the rink. How... You could fly home for the night. You yeah. could fly home Wednesday and fly back to the Bahamas Friday. Do you think? Do you I like think... Ray out here complaining. I can't be there. I have to sub for in the Caribbean. It's like, calm down, Ray. It's you know a, what, Colin? Colin, this is absolutely true. I'd much rather be in Calgary watching the game and supporting the boys than being in the Bahamas oh. for that time period. For them that. being in the pool, drinking a hurricane, watching the game on TV, that would just if be they, awful. If I could teleport, if I could teleport to the game, I would love that. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, the owner, maybe the owner has got some money he can throw at me to pick me up down here and get me to Calgary and then bring me back. That would be lovely. Uh, this West coast, what do you think? We got some, some tough, tough games. The one that I'm kind of looking at, uh, there's two of them. It's, uh, cause we've got Vancouver and Vancouver is amazing. They have got a team that will really put the Canes to the test. The Oilers have kind of figured out their game. In fact, just like I said, the Tampa Bay beating that we took was our turnaround. The beating they took from the Canes was their turnaround. They kind of got their act together now, and they won't be a pushover. Calgary's kind of a mess. Winnipeg's great. This is a tough stretch. This is a tough stretch. What do you guys think? Uh, we'll, we'll go to Colin. Well, here, the last time the Hurricanes went on a West Coast road trip for the State Fair being in town, I was on the Sorgecast, and I was high on the team. I was buying what they were selling and chasing that dragon, uh, and I looked like a fool afterwards. <laughs> I looked like a complete fool. So I, I'm going to be very cautious here. Say, so there's a possible 10 points. There's, it's a five-game Oh, wait, possible. 12 points is a six game road trip, excuse me. So I'm gonna say they're gonna they're gonna get eight points. I don't even care where, but eight points. No, you know what? Nine. They're gonna lose in overtime somewhere. They're gonna get nine points and it's gonna be fine. Someone's gonna panic about some game, but it's all gonna be fine. Ultimately, I I think you're right. Um that Vancouver is gonna be a really, really interesting game to watch. Um so is Detroit, honestly. Everyone else, no offense to Canada. Um indifferent i know um the oilers have started to turn around but Connor mcdavid's oilers have never been special against us honestly so i'm not you know as long as you play our game get in the right position take good shots not to sound like a robot here but that, that game should be fine same thing with winnipeg they're not like good calgary is the same old dumpster fire um and ottawa had a lot of promise at the beginning of the season and uh, just no yeah. so i think the the real interesting games on this road trip are going to be Vancouver, where you will see if Carolina has returned to where they were supposed to be, where we expect them to be, and where they should be. 
And then Detroit should be a fun one because, I mean, just Detroit and Vancouver have both just been like, okay, you guys want to play hockey this year. It's, it's going to be a good time to watch both those games. Win both a those, loss, but hopefully win. Yeah, both of those teams have announced their presence with authority. Like, they yep. are they are in, and wow, they look great and tough, and they're going to be fun games to watch. I mean, they are. Brad, what do you think? Uh, I mostly agree. Um, I think I think Winnipeg's okay. I mean, they're you know they're currently in a playoff position. Vancouver is going to be a fun one just to get to watch in general, win or lose. Yeah, Detroit's playing pretty well. I, I also agree. The Oilers are playing better, but McDavid, you know, McDavid Kryptonite and Jacob Slavin, like that, yeah. always seemed to be. Or or now Jalen Chatfield absolutely took him and just stripped him last game. You know, and took, took the buck and and, and 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 took the puck and, and got a shot on goal. I mean, um, also, Ottawa, also yeah, it's that career or insane against Edmonton. Yeah, both, like both point to game players or above. Absolutely, I, I'm so I'm I'm going to go with Colin's original prediction. If you get eight out of twelve points, I think you've been successful. If you get more than that, I think you go, yeah, like this this is a team really headed in the right direction now. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you got the first four West Coast, uh, then you got a two day break and come back, you know, for those two on the East Coast. So I, I think they'll get four out of six. You know, um, I'm sorry, uh, six out of eight maybe, or five out of eight, something like that, on the West Coast, and then you'll come back and get a point or two between Ottawa and Detroit. And uh, yeah, the, I think Vancouver and Detroit games are are the games you really want to watch on this one the most difficult points we'll get is out of Vancouver and like, and unless they've lost every other game on the trip and I don't think they will, I am going to judge the strength of our squad based squarely on how they do against Vancouver, Vancouver with Demko and net with Hughes and uh, JT and like those guys are just on fire. Everything they touch is going in the net. We're going to see a real, uh, it'll be interesting to know who we put in net that night. And it's going to be even more interesting to see how, because they are playing a fast game. They are playing a, uh, they're playing do I want, do I dare say hurricanes hockey like that, but they're on fire too. Like they're putting a lot of, pucks in the net so i'm going to be judging how the canes are overall based on the performance in that particular game probably unfair but look i just want to see how they go against a serious contender that's the way they're playing right now like a real contender vancouver looks great you guys this is always so much fun honestly when we have a guest like Colin in here, you know, we've got some great discussion going on and we bring in the fire every single time. Colin Madewell, thank you so much for joining us. Please yeah, do thank us you. a favor, promote yourself right now. We're telling all of those who take time to listen to us to check you out. If they haven't already, you're the man. Let's, let's, uh, let's put yourself out there. First of all, Rage has bankrupted me because I don't have enough money to pay him <laughs> for what he just said. That's uh, going to be a hard conversation with my husband. It is what it is. Appreciate it. Um, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, open your phone, go to the app, search Home Ice Advantage, and subscribe. I promise you it's worth your time. 
a lot of people seem to like it. I don't know why, but whatever. That's a them choice. Um, or you can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, because I refuse to call it by its current name, uh, at Colin Home Ice. Some people say I'm a good follow. Some people absolutely hate me. You choose for yourself. Uh, welcome to sports media. Um, also, anything related to what I do is at CanesHomeIce.com. Once again, that is CanesHomeIce.com. I, I appreciate it. you guys having me on. I love being here. Thank, Thank you, you Colin. Um, Brad, uh, people need to subscribe, give us a, give us a rating, all of that stuff. I, you're the man, you know, the details fire away. Yeah. That, that'd be super helpful. We, uh, we had our best year this last year, according to Spotify yeah. wrapped. Uh, and even with as, as much as we grew on Spotify, 60% of our listeners, uh, listen to us on, uh, Apple podcast. So thanks nice. to everybody. Uh, please subscribe. If you can give us a five-star rating, that'd be wonderful. It helps, you know, get us out there. Uh, it gets us back in the top hundred or so hockey podcasts in North America. Uh, you might get us back in the top 20 or so podcasts in Finland. Cause we're big in Finland. I don't know why. Yes, we I are. think that's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, we're also um, one of the top couple of hockey podcasts in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, so I always forget who nice. our listener is from the UAE, but we do have one. We've asked them to come on before. I'll have to figure out who it is, uh, but somebody works out there. Um, so that's always a fun one for me to pop up. And I'm like, oh, I was not expecting that. So, um, yeah, you can find us, you know, Stormseller97 on Twitter, Stormseller97 at gmail.com, Facebook.com slash Stormseller97. Um, that's pretty much where the best places to get a hold of us are. So we we appreciate everybody tuning in. I mean, this is a lot of fun for us, and we uh, we like to think that it is for y'all too. Uh, the for, I'm at Judge Wapner ten. If you want to follow me, that's great. I don't really have a whole lot to say other than uh, on game night, you're going to see a lot of posts from me. Uh, I love this team, love everything about it, love being part of this show because. We cover everything, everything. But, the, the, you know, here's the thing. Uh, as much as I love being a part of the Storm Cellar, I'm one of the f- more forgetful bunch. I uh, just, you know, I've had two two brain surgeries in my life. And I, I just, I can be forgetful. They'll get one in there time. one of these times. Well, we'll I'll, I'll figure it out. But, uh, and I'm forgetting something now. Go Canes. Um, Go Canes! Thank you everyone for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a Caniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.